Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Making Sense of It All. I'm your host, Jesse Stakes, and this week, my guest is Nelson Bradshaw. Nelson is the Managing Director for Banking Strategies and a Wealth Advisor at Farther. Nelson's career in banking has spanned over 35 years, with most of that time spent managing wealth, private banking, and commercial groups. In the upcoming interview, you'll hear a little bit about his banking career, about Nelson's deep involvement in the Northeast Florida community, and about some of the organizations that he supports, including the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Enjoy the episode. Let's jump into it. Father is a uh, financial technology company in the wealth management space, uh, a registered investment advisory uh, firm. So we're attracting uh, financial advisors onto a, a new tech uh, platform. You'll find that actually most financials uh, systems are really 20, 30-year-old technology that's been updated and updated. And at some point, it becomes very difficult. Uh, to amend and innovate with it. And so uh, the, the co-founders of Farther, uh, two MIT grads, uh, got together for, after working uh, for two very large institutions and running into this problem to really set up a platform from scratch uh, that actually sits right on top of the rails of the world's largest custodian. So your money's still very safe at some place. Uh, we, we use Perjing, Schwab, Fidelity. So uh, there, there are no concerns there. Uh, but it allowed me, uh, so we have financial advisors that come on, but then uh, our technology is also good for uh, your community banks out there that might want to offer those services, but they don't want to have to uh, deal with the back end. So we're sort of their back end. And they okay. do their sales force and we'll do the white labels. So I, I spend some, some of my time on that, which is where the, uh, uh, the banking strategies uh, piece comes from. And then additionally, I, I do have a uh, personal book of business with uh, Daniel Gillens, my business partner in terms of uh, managing funds uh, and a traditional wealth management platform with uh, a lot of emphasis on planning. So uh, that's, that's what uh, Father's about. Well, and I know that that's not all you do, correct? You have you have your hands in quite a few things. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I like to tell folks, uh, you know, I've been running markets for uh, a large international bank for the last 20 years, been a banker, commercial banker for 35 years. Uh, so the last few years, I have been overseeing commercial uh, business banking, uh, wealth, uh, those areas as a lot of business. And uh, but at my core, what I, I tell folks that I've always done for 35 years is uh, service primarily closely held businesses, family businesses with revenues of $10 million and over and help them with all things financially, whether it was corporately, uh, whether it was uh, with their employee base through 401k or, or personal planning uh, through a private banking segment. But what I really wanted to do here, uh, two things, as I transitioned from, from managing a large group, I wanted to go from managing portfolios and people to driving revenue and strategy. And sure. so uh, Father has allowed me to do that in the wealth management space. 
I have another firm that I work with on the 401k space that's uh, turnkey, best in class. Uh, and then in terms of a company's capital stack, what, uh, what does their lending structure look like? How, you know, bank financing, non-bank financing, equity, uh, helping them with those decisions. And so uh, I like to say that I used to do all those things under one bank name, one platform, uh, and they, that bank might have done some things good, some things not so well. Now I get to sort of pick the best of the best in, in, in helping a uh, sizable family business uh, with all things financial. That's nice because you truly get to be a consultant for your, for your customer mm-hmm. and, and help them advocate for them and what's in their best interest rather than advocating what's in the best interest for your bank, correct? Right, right, exactly. You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, how did you get started in banking? What inspired you to, to get into the industry? Well, uh, it, it was a part of my initial plan. Uh, you know, I got a, an undergrad in finance at, at LSU. Uh, was always interested in the financial markets and, and uh, business ownership. I was actually given some stock by an uncle of mine who who started a company who went on the New York company went on the New York Stock Exchange. So even at 10, 11 years old, I'd, I'd get out the newspaper and, and look and, and see what the value of the stock was uh, back when you went to the paper to do that, uh, to do that. So I had an interest there. Uh, and But as I, I was getting my finance degree, I, I came to learn that I, I, I really wanted to be an entrepreneur, go out and, and uh, start my own business. And I said, but you know what, better to, to, to learn on someone else's dime uh, initially, then go out and, and try and figure it out on my own. So I went into what was a traditional uh, uh, bank uh, management training program. Uh, they don't have as many of those around anymore, but they used to do, uh, banks do a lot of training uh, where they would rotate you from department to department. And then you sort of figure out in this one particular bank that I was with, uh, you know, after you rotated a while, uh, they sort of had you designated in a certain area, but you might end up rotating like I rotated through trust. Uh, we were a, a, a super large uh, single uh, bank holding company. And uh, so we had a strategic planning and development area. I worked with it. We had a, a, a marketing strategies area that did product development. I, I worked in that area. So those those were neat. But where I really uh, thought that I'd learned the most was in the, in the traditional credit department. As sure. a credit analyst. Uh, working with the commercial lenders and helping them underwrite loans. And my goal was to well, learn, you know, how companies make money, lose money and, 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 and go out on my own. Well, what I really found out was just how hard that is. <laughs> and I got used to that, that paycheck coming in. It was a pretty decent paycheck and good benefits. And, and here I sit 35 years later, but I have exercised along the way some of that entrepreneurial spirit on the, on the side, but it, uh, in, a, in a sense, I'm living through my clients with that inter- entrepreneurial spirit. I'm, I'm working with them, helping them realize their, their dreams and, and hopefully just playing a small part of it. Very cool. Well, and I, you know, I, 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 can, I can speak from my own experience. I really have a tremendous amount of respect for people who hang their own shingle and go out and do it themselves. Because to your point, to actually drive that top line revenue into a business, it's challenging sometimes. People don't realize how 
how hard it is to get respect from the beginning with a with a name that you create yourself and from you know if you don't if you don't have a paycheck if you don't have somebody signing a paycheck every week it's you gotta you gotta wonder what you know where who's gonna pay the light bill and who's gonna put food on the table yeah no 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 doubt about it uh no doubt about it so uh but it has it has been a a a, a great run uh you know initially as a uh a commercial banker, I'll tell you the, uh, you know, one of the things in the notes you sent me back is what do you think sort of impacted my career the most? Uh, and I'll tell you the the first thing was, uh, you know, I came out in the, in the uh, mid eighties and uh, in the, the mid to late eighties, they had a financial crisis in South Louisiana and Texas uh, that was very similar to what the whole country experienced in 08. You know, you had sure. oil drop. It was very oil dependent. Oil dropped from thirty bucks a barrel to nine bucks a barrel, and so there are a lot of companies that uh, were got in trouble, and then companies that service those companies, and, you know, just the whole the dynamics of the econ- uh, economics. And so, I early on uh, got thrown into the group that did the the, the workouts. You know, is there okay. a way to salvage this and uh, uh, get our best outcome? And generally, you wouldn't have taken someone that was uh 24 25 years old and 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 done that you would have had someone more experience but uh the stuff was happening so fast they just need bodies to throw at it and if you could sure. uh tread water you you did well so it really helped me early on learn from others mistakes uh in terms of what they did both businesses and as a banker and uh because i was able to tread water and swim i, I actually started handling larger and larger accounts again, mid twenties. And I'm handling what today would be equivalent of 10 or $20 million uh, relationships. Right. uh, And uh, trying to make sure we salvage as as much as we can at them. So that was sort of early on. um, One of the things that really helped me, my my career that folks, you know, saw and recognized what I I did there. So uh, I, I got elevated pretty quickly. Uh, just well, it's, it's such a, such a cool experience. I mean, you got such a well-rounded education in banking, whether, you know, whether it was intended or unintended, or if it's, people don't usually have that experience today, as you, you mentioned it, that they don't really have those traditional bank training programs anymore. Um, I feel like even in my own experience, people, you, you kind of get thrown into, you know, be good at one thing, you know, be a, be a you know instead of being a jack of all trades be a master of one essentially but it's but it really does um you get a you get a less a less experienced person handling your accounts you get a less knowledgeable person that's relying on teammates sometimes rather than relying on their own experience do you feel like the quality of professional in the banking industry that is let's say in their 20s now or even in their early 30s do you feel like that they are a a less qualified person being put in those positions than what used to be 30, you know, call it 30 years ago? Well, I think that they, uh, they're basically becoming pure sales folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it used to be, I mean, you had to have the sales uh, aspect to you, but you had to be able to understand loan documentation. You understand the legal, uh, legal documents, uh, you had to understand the credit underwriting uh, because you did a lot of the write-up. You might have had an analyst that did some basic stuff, but you you had to participate. 
So I don't think that they are, uh, as you say, as rounded uh, these days usually uh, with it. Plus, they do tend to sort of get in one lane and stay there. That absolutely uh, a lot of banks silo things by industry. Where it could be healthcare, uh, it might be tax exempt, uh, institutional type financing, uh, car dealerships. And I was fortunate enough to work for two banks that they really looked at uh, the person geographically being the frontline person, and they overlaid that expertise. And I did enough of those deals that I got to learn the industry because of the guy who had the expertise that was sort of co-helping me. So, right. um, so that really adds a lot of, of a uniqueness. You know, real estate today, uh, either commercial or commercial real estate. I actually have a, a strong background. I've led a commercial real estate team. I've done a lot of commercial real estate. Uh, and it, so uh, it, is, it is different that you don't have as a true universal banker uh, as you, you do, but, you know, they're trying to cut costs and create efficiency. Uh, so I don't think the end product's quite as good as it used to be, but it's what's out there. Do you think that it's cyclical? Do you think that it might return to that at some point here in the near future? Or do you think that for the foreseeable future, we're going to kind of stay in the same trends of people specializing and in, in kind of staying in their lane? Well, uh, I, I, I think that they are going to continue to do that. You know, a lot of where uh, the folk where you do get some opportunity to, to uh, do something that's more expansive with the community banks because they uh, they don't have enough a uh, book of business to to specialize a lot of times. But uh, there are fewer and fewer of those community banks because of the uh, regulations since uh, you know the financial crisis or such that you've got to have so many more back office folks uh, to stay in regulatory compliance and folks selling on the street that there are very few startup banks anymore. It, it is hard to make the numbers work. Uh, so with, with them being fewer, that's going to give you fewer opportunities for bankers to, to get that more uh, diversified training. No doubt. Well, and I think it, it, again, it affects that end customer as well, because then they get, a different a different level of individual that's having the conversation with them about their financial future about or about their financial situation now. Um, I want to kind of turn it back towards farther uh, and just what I see in the industry is that everything is going towards a, you know more technology based banking. Uh, techn- essentially, it's your your. I had somebody I had somebody who was an actual IT person for a bank tell me not too long ago that banking has become become a technology industry that just happens to be in banking. Do you find that to be where you see it going as well? Do you find that banking is becoming more of just technology-based and that the banking is just secondary? Or do you think that there is still value in the banking aspect of it and not just in that technology overlay? Uh, Well, uh, if I'm going to bet on a company like Farther, uh, what I am truly betting on is it takes both. It takes both technology and people working together. So, uh, in fact, our investors like uh, Bessemer, Mass Mutual, others that have invested in our Series A that was well oversubscribed this last summer, uh, they had been investors in, um, you know, I'll throw out Betterment. That was, you know, more of a robo, you know, you know, four or five years ago, they said, well, 
uh, we can do all this uh, account balancing, wealth management balancing by automated programs and whatnot. Well, what you find is once someone gets maybe around a half million or so, uh, they tend to have a little more complexity and they feel more comfortable talking to a person than just having some, uh, a, a program uh, output something. On the other end, uh, they've had some firms who have just tried to do roll-ups. Uh, Restaurant investment advisory firms go roll them up, cut your costs out, try and be more efficient. And those really didn't add the kind of level. So what we're doing, we've done it farther is we started out with code. We started out the first year and a half was nothing but building the platform before we brought on a single client. Uh, and, and now we're, we are bringing on clients, but our whole goal is to uh, that financial advisor, you'll hear a number uh, just sort of like in commercial lending uh, that there's 30 to 60% of your time that you spend on, just uh, doing back office type stuff, client, you know, helping the client with certain things back office is doesn't really have anything to do with helping them with their planning uh, or getting better results out of their portfolio. And so uh, the farther platform is designed to lessen that from being anywhere from 40 to 60% of their time to only being 10 to 15% of that time. And that extra time they can actually do help with the planning. Uh, I, I tell you, it, it's incredible to me when I talk to someone, I said, who has an existing visor, well, tell me what they're doing in, in terms of planning. You know, let me, you know, can, I, can you share your plan with me? What they end up sharing with me is basically something that says that they've got a certain percentage of stocks and, and uh, growth equities, a uh, certain percentage and, and value and so forth. And I say, that's not a plan. That's a strategy. Sure. The, the plan is, what do you, where do you want to be financially, you know, 20, 30 years from now, retirement and whatnot? And what are the inputs and outputs uh, getting there? And your portfolio is just one aspect, and it does have a life of its own. But there's so much more to it. And uh, quite honestly, we see very few folks that truly have a financial plan that have quite a bit of wealth. I, I would agree with you. I feel like there's... I think people get, you know, they, they hold their breath, they go underwater and they start swimming. And it's by the time they pick their head up, they don't really know, you know, they've, they've kind of been focused on the task at hand. They're focused on what they're doing every day. And it's a lot of the times they don't really have an idea of what that, what that future holds for them. So it's, I think that's, it's excellent that you're helping them out with that. And I think on the other side of it, helping their advisors actually guide them towards where they want to be in the end is for, is farther something that that you're that an in customer somebody like me that's opening up my 401k statement or I'm I'm speaking to an advisor about my retirement am I going to know farther by brand name or is farther going to sit behind the brand that I'm actually doing business with say uh you know whoever my advisor works with Am I going to see their brand and then farther as part of, you know, what they see? Uh, right right now, it's 98% you're going to see farther. Okay. Uh, I mean, we are working toward what I talked about with the banks and white labeling to them. Yes. Uh, to, you know, so you don't truly see, you get the farther experience, but you're not seeing that that's who's providing a lot of that back-end stuff. Uh, but no, so we are, we've recruited, uh uh, just in the last year, we're probably up to about 40 financial advisors across the country. Uh, we ought to be by this time next year, 150 or more. Uh, so yes, yeah, so, you know, we're, we're primarily going to grow 
uh, organically that we can have this hyper growth uh, with bringing these financial advisors on uh, because of our technology. Uh, so for instance, uh, you know, my partner, Daniel, uh, worked at one of the big financial institutions and, and on their wealth platform, you know, they're getting wet signatures. It takes them two weeks to get an account open. It takes us literally five minutes to get an account open. Uh, so there's just a, and, you know, rebalancing, we have rebalancing tools so that the client that'll do it automatically. The client doesn't have to do that. We have tools where uh, we can automatically uh, hook up our planning software to folks' uh, different accounts uh, at other institutions outside of Farther, and the data feeds in automatically so that their plan is always updated. Uh, we generally view it with them once a quarter. Uh, to see th how things are going. And, and and when we meet with them, we're really not talking about what we do to get into portfolio performance, but we're more talking about is the income there, is the, the balance is there that you need to accomplish your long-term goal of whatever that looks like in, in retirement and the big purchases you might do along the way of nice boats, vacation homes, those kind of things. So, so if somebody's interested in doing business with you guys, where can they find you? If they if they listen to this interview and they say, you know what, I'm interested in, in looking more into farther, where can they find you guys? Do they go online or are there offices in their communities? Uh, uh, easiest way to find someone is to go online, farther.com. And uh, there's a, a place where you can go in and you can you can actually look at all of our advisors and, and see uh, maybe who you feel comfortable uh, working with and reaching out. I will tell you that our our advisors, uh, you know, we father really gives advisors a way to go to market in the way that they want to go to market. So while I like to work with business owners uh, and families, there might be other folks who like to work with the C-suite of public companies or what. So, you know, finding that person uh, that's a good fit for you. Uh, we've got that information for the different advisors. Uh, you know, we're all across the country, quite honestly. Uh, I still meet a lot of my clients, usually early on when I first meet them, it's face-to-face, uh, -face, but 90% uh, of my meetings are virtual, virtual these days, even if they're in the same city. So it's more about sure. finding the, the right fit uh, than it is, uh, can you go down to the corner bank, you know, the bank's branch and, and meet someone. No doubt. And we'll make sure that your information is listed with this interview as well, because that's probably the easiest way that somebody can yeah. get in touch with farther is find Nelson Bradshaw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about some of the stuff that you do personally. I know that you're involved with a lot of different causes. You're very engaged in your community. And I'd love to hear about some of the some of the causes that you support. And number one, just because it's coming up soon is the Gator Bowl here in Jacksonville. Tell us a little bit about that. How'd you get involved with them? Well, uh, I'd, I'd like to say that I just reached out and uh, found it interesting. But the reality is when I, the bank moved me over here to run this market uh, 14 years ago, uh, we have an advisory board and uh, four of those uh, advisory board members have been prior Gator Bowl chairmen. So they very quickly got me involved <laughs> in their favorite thing. But as it turned out, it became one of my favorite things to be involved in. They, uh, you know, we say the uh, the. The organization does a lot of charity, uh, especially 
uh, somewhat sports leadership related in the uh, lower socio socioeconomic uh, markets and areas uh, with it. So we really say that the game is a celebration of the work that the Gator Bowl does all year long from a philanthropy standpoint. And, uh, you know, we've been doing it for 76 years. Uh, so we're one of the oldest uh, bowl games uh, out there. Uh, and uh, we generally, uh, today, it's moved over the years. We used to have SEC, Big Ten, uh, ACC that we pull from. Today, we pull from the uh, uh, SEC and uh, usually someone in that fifth or sixth uh within the SEC ranking, and then out of the ACC uh, can be sort of their number fourth or, or fifth uh, out of that. Um, and so this year, our SEC team is is uh, University of South Carolina, who just had two great wins with top 25 against top 25 teams at the, the end of the year, and they're playing Notre Dame, who's always a perennial uh, favorite uh, nationwide. And uh, – we, it's it's a sellout uh, already. We haven't had a uh, a sellout uh, since uh, right after I first got here. Bobby Bowden's last game as uh, as the coach at FSU uh, was against Virginia Tech, and uh, we had a sellout then. So uh, we're the city's really excited about. It. That's excellent. Congratulations. I'm sure the hospitality industry is 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 going to be buying yep. new drinks and buying new dinner over the next couple of yep. months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, and unfortunately, you're going to have to. It's a high price to get a bed right now in uh, <laughs> dates, but uh, it'll be worth it. So, but no, we we do that, and you know, I try and uh, have my involvement sort of moved around with different areas. Uh, I've been on the foundation board for Hubbard House, which uh, works with uh, you know abused, uh, primarily women, uh, you know, and their children, and, and help them. Uh, leave that abuser and get on their feet. Uh, so that's that's important. Uh, the arts, I think, are important. Uh, on the board at Florida Theater, uh, which actually is a real gem in this community, uh, for theaters that hold under 2,000 uh, people, we're in the top 25 in the country uh, uh, in terms of, of, of venues. Uh, and then uh, uh, here tomorrow, uh, a mental health and uh, uh, that really focuses, uh, we all, we were seeing this before even COVID, but uh, yes. the mental stress and that uh, folks contemplating suicide, uh, the, the challenge was it takes over 30 days to get an appointment with a, a counselor. And if you're in that kind of darkness, you don't have 30 days. And so we've, uh, we've, we've made it where you can get with someone in, in uh, 24, 48 hours at no cost. And we'll, uh, will support those uh, efforts for a year uh, to amazing. do that. So. Do you sleep at all, Nelson? It sounds like you got an incredibly, incredibly busy dance card. Uh, well, I do. Well, you know, my kids are grown now, so I guess instead of being <laughs> in soccer fields on weekends or uh, at a cheerleader practice or whatever, that uh, this is where I sort of spend my, my extra time outside playing a little bit of, of golf and fishing a little bit. That's wonderful. Well, we certainly appreciate you being on the show today. Uh, if people want to learn more about you or if they've really enjoyed this and they'd like to get in touch with you and, and do business with you, where can they find you? Uh, well, uh, Nelson at uh, farther.com uh, is easy to get a hold of me uh, there. And then uh, if you want to learn more about what I'm sort of doing out there, there's actually, you know, JB, 
Jacksonville Business Journal and others have, you know, several articles on, on things I've, I've been involved in. Uh, I did mention I'm pretty ho- heavily involved in the commercial real estate industry, uh, primarily through a or- national organization uh, called NAOP uh, to do that. So, uh, uh, and especially if you're in town, it's easy to find me. I'm, I'm at a lot of events and running into folks like Jesse and business development area. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us and thank you for helping our audience make sense of it all. We'll catch thank you soon. Yes. Yeah, it's a real pleasure. Appreciate what you're doing, trying to uh, help uh, get folks know uh, about what's going on in, in uh, Jacksonville because there's a lot of good stuff happening here. You're not kidding. Jacksonville does have a lot going on right now. Well, that's going to wrap us up for this week. I want to thank Nelson Bradshaw for joining us, and we hope to have him back on the show soon. If you would like to join us, you can find us at jessestakes.com, where you can connect with us. You can also book a time for us to speak. For Making Sense of It All, I'm Jesse Stakes, and we'll catch you guys next time.